Well, amen. It's good to see each of you. Even though I can't see you, I know you can see me. You're on the live stream there. We appreciate you tuning in tonight. I was looking there as they were doing that scene. Of course, that was pre-recorded. That was back in September. I thought, well, it's kind of strange. Uh, there was Rachel sitting at one of the instruments playing, and uh, she just went home today with uh, the new little uh, baby, uh, Remington Jane. And so we're excited for uh, her and Thomas and, and the girls and, and just continue to pray for them as they uh, begin to get their strength back and pray for others. We've got others out sick and just ask the Lord to be with them. And uh, we're just, uh, it's just one of those nights tonight where everything is cold, very cold. And, and I'm glad that uh, you can be inside where it's nice and warm. So take your Bibles and turn with me tonight to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. And while you're turning here, let me make, let me make a, a couple of announcements here. We have coming up uh, February the 21st, our men's business meeting after the PM service. And February the 24th will be the business meeting after the service. We've taken the singing and we're going to move it back again. I know we've done this already, but we're going to move it back again. Uh, when we had the, uh, we were supposed to have the fifth Sunday singing, but uh, we've had to move it back and we've moved it to this Sunday and was going to have our fellowship afterwards. But with the weather like it's going to be this Sunday and, and with people just now recovering from sickness and stuff, we're going to push it back to February the 28th. We'll have that uh, singing that night and uh, on the Sunday night and follow that we'll have the chili and soup fellowship uh, that night also. And so that's just kind of some of the things that's coming up. So we're back here in John chapter 1 and we're going to begin reading in verse 1. We're in a series that we have on Wednesday nights that we've been preaching through that we've called power in that name, power in that name. John chapter 1, and we'll begin reading verse 1, says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to, be, to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth." If you look back with me there in verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In verse 14 again, it says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. I'd like to preach concerning the Word, and let's pray. Father, we come to you this evening. And Lord, as we look again at the names of Christ and the power of those names of Jesus Christ, Lord, I pray that you would just speak to our hearts tonight and help us to know you and to understand you in a greater way. Lord, as we take this word, the word, Lord, and we look at it and begin to open it, Lord, and help us to see and understand your greatness. 
Lord, I pray for those who are sick. Lord, we have several that are sick. I pray that you touch their bodies and raise them up. Lord, we have those who are going through difficulties and struggles in other areas of their lives. Lord, would you be with them and help them and strengthen them. And Lord, no doubt there's possibly someone that's watching, Lord, on the live stream that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Savior. Lord, I pray that uh, you might speak to their heart tonight. And Lord, that they'd be drawn unto you because you are the answer, the only answer for their great need in their life, and that is salvation. Draw them to you, Lord, that they might be saved. And Lord, I pray that you'd be with our nation. Lord, the leaders of our nation, our president, our vice president, oh Lord, how they need to be saved, how they need to turn their hearts unto you. Those in the House and those in the, in the Senate, Lord, the leaders there and, and many of the others, whether they be Republican or whether they be Democrat, Lord, it makes no difference. They need the same Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, many of them lost without any hope. Many of them religious, but Lord, do not know Christ as their Savior. Lord, passing laws and, and throwing things against the Word of God, Lord, and not living according to the Word of God. Lord, whether they're religious or not, Lord, I pray that you would turn their hearts to you that they might be saved. Lord, I pray that you'd be with our, our area here. Marshal, Lord, speak to hearts and draw them to you, Lord, that we might see them receive Christ their Savior. And now, Lord, I pray that you'd help us as we look into the Scripture tonight. And Lord, as we look at this powerful name, the Word, for we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. We find here that it's important what you believe about creation. It's important that you believe what you believe about the origin of the world and how it affects the way that you think about your life and about the choices that you have and, and uh, your values. It affects, you begin to look at, at our world today and you see how that when people believe in the evolutionary theory and and so on, how that their values are different and how that they begin to look at, at things from a different slant and they begin to uh, uh, change the, uh, who they answer to, they think. We, we know that there's many who that believe that uh, in the Big Bang Theory that everything came from some type of cosmic explosion. And then through billions and billions of years of evolution, we have what we have today. And I'll tell you what, I believe it takes more faith to believe that than it would in a divine creator. To believe that it's just all of a sudden, out of nothing, there was just a, a big bang, some particles that blew up. And we have today such sophisticated bodies and such sophisticated uh, conditions in the world in which we live where oxygen is just right and, and where our, uh, the temperature is just right and where our body and and everything has the over our eye can see over ten thousand different colors, and the every fingerprint is different on our hands, and we have a, a heart that is is precisely timed to pump the blood all through our body. And you begin to look at that, and to think that that would come from some type of cosmic explosion would take an awful lot of faith. You see, I believe that there's a divine creator. His name is Jesus. You see, when you remove God from the equation, you're left without meaning and without purpose. That's why many want to believe in evolution. If they can get you to believe in evolution or if they can believe in evolution, they can dismiss uh, their sense of accountability to a personal God who made us. And so they try to do away with that accountability. That, that way they can live the way they want to. Evolution lets you believe that you are your own God. Let's you believe that there, therefore uh, you're not accountable to anybody except yourself. 
Let's you believe that you can live by situation ethics and, and believe that, that you are the one who makes the choices about eternity. The sad fact is, is that the Bible tells us a different story. We have many today in leaderships in, in high places that they believe in evolutionary theories and they set God off on a shelf somewhere. But I want us to consider tonight the Word. You see the Word, consider the Word and creation. Look there again with me in verse 1. It says, in the beginning was the Word. In the beginning was the Word. John speaks of the beginning of time and that Jesus, the Word, was there at the very first moment of creation. He was there before anything happened. He was there at the very moment that this world was spoken into existence. Before there was ever light, before there was ever form, before there was ever the waters, before there was ever the plants, before there was ever the animals, before there was ever man. Jesus was the Word in the beginning. We find that if you look at that, the terminology there, the Greek translation of, of word is logos. Logos is was a very powerful word in that day and time, the time of Jesus Christ, as the Greeks would use that word to define the impersonal force behind the universe. It was used by them as the creative force that gave knowledge and wisdom and even creation. When John used the term word as the name of Jesus, he introduced an additional meaning to it also. That all, of his, that, that all of His day and, and, and ours should understand and know about. That Jesus is the Word. Look again with me there in verses 1 and 14. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 14, the very first part says, And the Word was made flesh. First John begins by telling us that the Word, or Jesus, was the start of, of all things. In fact, he existed before the start of all things. John uses the past tense there, was, not is, but was, when he introduced the word. So the word Jesus was pre existed, but it pre, he pre existed everything, was before all things. Secondly, John points out that the word not only was pre existed, but also coexisted. It says, and the Word was with God. He coexisted with our Heavenly Father. It wasn't some 2,000 or so many thousand years later that Jesus came into existence in a manger. Jesus was pre-existent. He was uh, before this world was even created. And because of that, He was also coexistent. He was with the Heavenly Father. He was coexistent. If you look at the word with there, where it says the word was with God, that word with was translated from the, uh, uh, and carries the meaning of face to face or side by side. Meaning that Jesus Christ, when it says that He was with God, means that He was face to face with God or He was side by side with the Heavenly Father. And therefore, He had that communication with the Heavenly Father a divine communication, one of a high level, you might say. John goes on to tell us that the Word was God. 
It says, in the Word was God. By, by that we see that this, the pre-existent, co-existent Word was also self-existent. Because God is the only one who does not need anything outside of Himself in order to be Himself. You see, you and I, we need something else to be who we are. You take away our food and we're no longer existent. You take away, you take away air and we no longer are existent. And you take away uh, 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 water, we're no longer existent. And we depend on something else. But Jesus was, was, uh, was, was pre-existent, but He's co-existent, but He was also self-existent. He needed nothing else. We need this world. We need this planet at this moment in our lives to live. Nothing else in creation can make that claim like Jesus can. And fourthly, we see that John tells us that the Word became flesh. In verse 14 says, And the Word was made flesh. You see, He was pre-existent. He was before anything else. He was co-existent. He was with the Heavenly Father. He was self-existent. He needed nothing else because He's God. But also, He introduced Himself as existent. He is tangibly existent. God introduced Himself, His rule and His divinity in the creation which He Himself made. Otherwise, He exists even in, in life here. So we see that the Word reaches out and begins to describe Jesus Christ in creation. He was before the creation. And secondly, we see that the Word Jesus, the Word or Jesus, created all things for Himself. You know, we think about uh, this world and we think that everything was created for us, that we could enjoy uh, life and that we could enjoy the things that's around us. Uh, you know, I like to fish and I enjoy going fishing. I like, I like the, uh, the, the country to be out in the country, enjoy the fresh air and, and enjoy the, seeing the animals and different things of that nature and like to see the flowers and the trees and, I, and believe it or not, I like to see the snow. God created it and I believe there's a great beauty in it when you look at it from the right perspective. And so those things, a lot of times we think that they're made for us. But in reality, that everything was made and created by Jesus and for Himself. In John chapter 1 there in verse 3, it says, All things were made by Him. Everything. And without Him was not anything made that was made. First of all, we've we got to realize that the term word there describes His greatness in that all things were created by Him. You see, scientists and different ones want to think that they can create things, but they have to have something to create something. They can't create it out of nothing. Everything that God created, He created out of nothing. Uh, the Word created those things. He was the one that, that did the creation. They didn't, the things didn't evolve by chance. When you look at at the creation of things that would have required an intelligent design, not happenstance. You didn't all of a sudden, uh, a tree spring up without the design of God. It didn't come from some cosmic bang. We didn't come from pond scum or a, or a lower species uh, of animal. But God created us in, in the form that we're created. We're, in fact, the Bible says that we're created in the image and likeness of God. 
Boy, we need to begin to realize the importance of that, knowing that God created us the way that we are. So many times people are trying to change that and trying to change gender and trying to say that they was born this way, but they're really a different way. No, God created you one way. We're all created in the image and likeness of God. The name word there reveals to us that because He created all things, that there's a purpose in creation. Purpose in your life and a purpose in my life, a purpose in all things. God didn't just make something for it to just to be making something. You know, sometimes we'll sit down and we'll whittle. So I've, I've watched men over the years, they'll sit down and I've watched them whittle and whittle. And, and I've done that years ago. I, maybe when I was younger, I'd whittle on a stick or something. And, and I've had people say, what, what you making? And I said, nothing, just whittling. And I've talked to different men. They'd be sitting around talking and whittling on a piece of wood. And you ask them what they're making. And a lot of times they're not making anything. They're just doing something, just, to, just to, uh, out of habit or just to pass the time. They're cutting on that piece of wood. They're not really creating anything for a purpose. Now you got those who do whittling that they maybe make a, a cane or, a, or, or, or some type of toy out of whittling it or whatever, uh, some type of item for somebody. They have a purpose in that. God didn't make anything except He had a purpose for whatever He created. And so when God created all things... When the Word created all things, when Jesus created all things, there was a purpose behind it. That purpose is that all things were created for Him. Not for us, but for Him. Colossians chapter 1 bears that out. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 16 and 17 says, For by Him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible. That pretty well covers everything. Whether they be thrones or dominions, dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by Him and for Him. And He is before all things, and by Him all things consist. And so we find that when God created things, when Jesus, which is the Word, which was in the beginning, the one that created all things, He had a purpose. He had a plan. You see, the world was made by God through Jesus and for Jesus. In Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1 and 2 bears it out for us. It says, God who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by His Son, whom He hath appointed heir of all things. Notice this is by whom also He made the worlds. And so... Jesus Christ, the Word, He created all things. He had purpose. He had plan. He had desire. Jesus is the Creator and thus He is the owner which reveals to us that it is through the Word, which is Jesus, that we find peace and we find faith and we find purpose and relevance in life. The reason that we have so many people today that wander around have no peace because they have not taken up with the Word, Jesus Christ. They have not found the Word, Jesus Christ. That's why they don't have faith and they don't have purpose in their life. Because they haven't found Jesus. John goes on and writes, he says, The Word is life and light. John chapter 1 there in verse 4 says, In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, 
and the darkness comprehended it not. You see, Jesus is that giver and receiver of life. By taking a hold of the word Jesus Christ, you are tapping into the source and the purpose of life. Let me say that again. By taking a hold of Jesus Christ in your life, you're tapping into the purpose and the source of all life. And without that, you have nothing but darkness. The very definition of, Jesus, of the life of Jesus is life. Jesus, his, the definition of life is Jesus. Without Jesus, there's no real life, and life must be defined through Jesus and the, the way He has created it to be lived. And that's the problem where we're at today. When, when people begin to live their life, they live their life, formed by, they think, forming their life around themselves. We should be forming our life around the Word, around Jesus Christ. We need uh, that purpose uh, that the Creator created within us. When you depart from the Creator as being the giver of life and the one who gives you purpose, then you wander in darkness without any hope. Acts 17, 28 says, For in Him, for in Him we live and move and have our being. It's only in Him that we can have that, that purpose and that plan in our life. His life is our life. And apart from Jesus, we really don't have life. You, you've talked to people who, who they're looking for, for different things to put into their life so that they can enjoy what they call enjoying life and enjoying themselves. And it seems they bounce from one thing to another, from one relationship to another, and from, from this thing and from money and from this job and from this place and that place, looking for something that satisfies them, something that they think that will give them real life. And the reality is, is that only Jesus Christ can give that. And in Him, we're given the light we need to live. Because His life is light. Notice there it says, the light of men. You see, the light enables us to see. If we turn all these lights off in here, you wouldn't be able to see me. There'd be darkness. But Jesus Christ, the Word is light. And without that light, we can have no life. We must have the light that shines and gives us direction. This light enables us to see. So in Jesus, we can see, giving us direction of, of how to live for His honor and for His glory. But like I said, if there's no Jesus in our lives, then there's no light. And people live in darkness all around us. We see on the political scene, and it's such an active deal, and we see not only that, but we see around us with all the, 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 the problems and the difficulties, and people's lives are miserable. You, you go to the stores, and you begin to look around, and you see as though people walking around with no hope and seem like they're searching for something many times. And I listen to people talk, uh, maybe I'm in a store or something, and they're talking amongst themselves, and you hear the, the tragedies that they're going through and the struggles they're going through. And, and sometimes, and I, and I get phone calls from different ones who are going through struggles and problems and difficulties many times. And a lot of it is because they, there's no light in their life so that they have direction. 
There's no, there's no life within them because they don't have Jesus. And so they continue down that road of darkness. We're living in a dark day. You look at the social media and you see all the things that people are posting. And, and you think, man, why are they posting those things? I'll tell you why. Because their life is full of darkness. And they have no real purpose. And they're searching and searching, but they're searching as though you would go to a, a closet without a light. And you're looking for something small in there. And you're feeling around and you're grabbing a hold of this and you're grabbing a hold of that. And you don't know what you're taking a hold of because of the darkness. And people today, their life, they're grabbing a hold of this and grabbing a hold of that. Thinking that they're going to satisfy and it's going to be real life and they're going to have real joy and real contentment. They grab a relationship out and they haven't seen the relationship because it's in darkness and they pull it out and... And they, they try it for a while and that darkness and that relationship leads to uh, a more distress and more problems in their life. You find people reaching in and grabbing different things, the liquor, the alcohol, uh, uh, the, the drugs and whatever, the immorality and the, the pornography and, and on down the line they're grabbing these things out of darkness thinking that those things are going to give them light in their life and give them direction. My friend, the only thing, the only hope we got is to take a hold of Jesus, which is the light, which gives us life, that gives us direction in our life. I'm going to be honest with you. Had it not been for Jesus Christ, I know that I, I very likely would be dead. Or at least at the best, I would have been out, into, out in, a, in ungodliness and, and, uh, of this world and, and a life in a mess like many others. And I look back over my life and I see how that the light of Jesus Christ has given me life and given me purpose and given me understanding and given me a direction for my life. One that I can look back and say, boy, I am so glad that I have the word in my life, that I have Jesus Christ because I have that light. It's a sad day we live in because it seems as it's getting darker and darker. And people are not taking a hold of the light. You see, rejecting Jesus means rejecting the light by which we're to live. That can be in salvation. And not asking Jesus Christ into your heart and life as Savior. I'll tell you what, one of the things that turned the light on in my life was when I asked Jesus Christ to save me. It gave new meaning. It gave new purpose in my life. But it also gave me light to understand the direction that I'm supposed to go. Have I always walked in that light the way I should? No. But I realize that when I get away from that light, I, I, I see the darkness and I don't like the darkness. I like the light. It bothers me when you have all these churches and it may make somebody mad that's watching, but that's okay. You got some of these churches, they... They put their bands up on the stage and they turn the lights way down low and they begin to play their world's music, hyping people up. My friend, Jesus is light. We don't need to bring darkness into the church. We need to bring that which is, gives direction in life. So many times today, people are wandering around in darkness the problem is, is that they've rejected Jesus 
And that is the light that will give them life. And it's not just the loss, but it's also can occur in Christians' lives in their relationship to an everyday walk with the Lord. A lot of Christians today, they're walking in darkness. They know Christ is their Savior. They have eternal life. But they're missing the purpose and they're missing the direction of God because they're walking in the darkness. They're not taking the Word in their life that gives them light. In both instances, whether you're lost or saved, that person will live or wander in darkness when you choose not to make your life about Jesus. When you don't choose to make your life about Jesus Christ, you're on your own. It's up to you to make your way around. Then we find here that John, as he's speaking, he said the Word was made flesh. In verse 14, he said, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That word dwelt means to pitch His tent among us. The people understood that because of of when they come out of Egypt, they lived in tents. And they had the tabernacle of God. In fact, that goes on and it refers to, uh, to tabernacle with. And the Lord, He came down and he would come, His presence would be placed upon that tabernacle in the wilderness there. And so when it talks about that, they, that, that, the, that the, and, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, it's to be with them, to tent with them or to tabernacle with them. Just as in the wilderness, the the Word, Jesus Christ, has pitched His tent in the middle of your wilderness. You're not alone. If you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, He's pitched His tent in the middle of your life. You may look around you and say, man, I don't know what's going on around me with all the things that's happening in this world. and It's like a wilderness out there, a, a savage wilderness. But the Lord says, I have pitched my tent in your wilderness with you. I'm right here with you. I've pitched my tent. I think about the tabernacle there in the Old Testament. And as they had come out and the different tribes of Israel would, would have certain places on the north side, the, the south side, and the, and the east side, and the west side where they would set up their, their, their tents around the tabernacle so that they could see the tabernacle. That tabernacle was amongst them where the power and the presence of God rested. And the glory of God would come down upon that place. A pillar of fire by night and a a pillar of cloud by day. And as it came and it rested, they was to stay there and pitch their tents around that. Through the death and life of Jesus Christ, He brought the living tabernacle. To our life so that we could have access to the full power of God in all we do. There in the wilderness, as God dwelt among them, they could come before that tabernacle and Aaron or Moses, the priest, would come out and they would visit with them and they would go before the Heavenly Father. The glory of God would come down. His presence was there. 
in your life, in my life. He says that He has tabernacled with us. The Word dwelt among us. That dwelling of the Holy Spirit of God that dwells within us. What know you not that your body is, is a temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God. So we have that tabernacle or that tenting with God. His presence available to us. That we might walk with Him, that we might fellowship with Him, that we might know Him in a greater way than, than, than we think possible. You see, but if you only visit that living tabernacle for a few hours on Sunday, if the only time that you really go to that tent where the Word dwells among us, if you just very seldom go to that tabernacle, I'm talking about the Word, I'm not talking about a building. If the only time you spend is when you walk into this auditorium and sit down, or maybe the, during a five-minute devotion to start your day, you'll not have the light and the life that you need to get you through every moment of the day. We've got to begin to spend time with the Word. We've got to begin to spend time in the Word. You see, like oxygen is to your lungs and to the cells in your body so important. So is, so is the Word uh, as, as we all need to, to life uh, and, and to live an abundant life. If you begin to shut off oxygen uh, to your lungs, your body begins to, to uh, have problems and the cells begin to die. And less oxygen that you give to this body, the, the more this body begins to shut down. Folks, the less that we go into the presence of the Word... the more we begin to die. I'm talking about spiritually. There's a deadness that comes over us spiritually and we don't walk as we should with the Lord. We don't see that life and we don't see the purpose and we don't see the light because we're not spending time with the Word. That Word dwelt among us. You see, as soon as you ignore the Word in your life, you begin to cut off life itself. That's why there's so much deadness in so many Christians' lives. It's because they have cut off spending time with the Word, Jesus Christ. There's got to be an intentional, ongoing pursuit of His presence, ongoing pursuit of His purpose, and power in His written Word. He dwells within us, but He's given us the Word. You see, the Word was with God. The Word was God. And He's given us the Word in written form to speak to us. To have an understanding. In fact, in Colossians 3 and verse 16, it says, Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. Not just a little bit, but let it dwell within you richly. I don't know about you, but I like my tea sweet. Sometimes I'm making the tea, and Janine used to get on to me for putting so much sugar in it. I like it sweet. 
Otherwise, I like it richly. I like a, that sugar in there, make it sweet. Well, the Word of God should dwell within us richly. The more that you put in, into your life, the more the Word of God that you have dwelling within you, it, 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 it enriches your life and gives you more life, light and more purpose and understanding. He goes on, he says, Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. So we have the Word of God. We have the Word, Jesus Christ. And He is life and He is light. And He is the hope and He wants to give us the, the direction. He was made flesh, yes, and dwelt among us. And now He dwells among us in our hearts and lives, but He also dwells within His written Word to give us direction and guidance. When we stay in the Word and we make it a rich part of our lives, we'll experience the light and the life that the Word gives. You see... As John calls Jesus the Word, he gives us a little bit more understanding of the purpose that we was created for. The intent that God has for us. When the Word created all things, when Jesus created all things, they were created for Him. And we've lost that in our understanding. We've lost that in our pursuit. We've lost that in our daily lives. That there's a purpose for my life, but that purpose is, it's spelled out by the Lord to live for Him, to magnify Him, to glorify Him. My life is not about me and what I want and what I experience. My life is about Jesus Christ. He is the creator of my life. Therefore, I should get into His written word and find direction and find the light that it gives me. Not only the written word, but the Holy Spirit of God as the Holy Spirit of God explains the word and gives understanding unto me. But so many times we're so busy. Busy with what we want. Busy with this world. Too busy to spend time in the Word. Too busy to spend time with the Word. Too busy to pursue the Word. And while we do that, we wander in darkness. And time is wasted and life is wasted. I wonder how many, when we get to heaven, that they'll look at the possibilities. I think that we'll understand what we could have been, what we could have done as a Christian. If we would have but dwelt with the one that came to tabernacle with us, the Word. If we would have allowed the Word to shine that light of life in our lives and give us direction. To help us to see the purpose that He has for us. And to fulfill that purpose. 
I think there's going to be a lot of sadness there, and I think that's one of the reasons Revelation talks about drying away all the tears. He'll wipe away all the tears because I think we're going to realize how greatly we have failed Him and, and what we have failed to do that we could have done if we would have but followed the Word and walked in His footsteps and allowed Him to be that light that directs our lives. And allowed the word to permeate our hearts and our minds continually. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word was God. But then he says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus came. And dwelt among us. Oh, how we need to realize that He still wants to dwell within our hearts and lives richly, as Colossians says. Daily. Not just on Sunday, not just on Sunday night or Wednesday night, but every day of our lives that He might dwell richly in our hearts and lives. And he does that through the written word and through songs and psalms and hymns and, and the Spirit of God speaking to our lives. But we must seek him and allow him to be a part of our life. The word. Oh, when you think of what God did for you and me, as the word created all things and made possible all things within our lives if we would but receive the word many times today Christians even are rejecting the word say I'll not live that way I'll not live for and they push away the word Jesus Christ friend when you push away the Bible when you push away the written word you're pushing away Jesus Christ the very son of God because He is the Word. The Word has great power. And oh, how we should trust the Word. Let's bow. Father, we thank You for loving us. Thank You for the mercies that You've shown unto us. Help us, Lord, to allow You to be that light, to allow You to be that life, to allow us, Lord, to dwell near to You, to tabernacle, to tent with You, Lord, would you take control that we might have purpose, that we might have a pursuit, that we might have, live in the light and not in darkness, that we might see the very purpose and hand of God within our lives. Save the lost. Strengthen the Christian. Help us to live. In these dark times, Lord, help us to live in the light that others might see Jesus Christ in us. For this we ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. We hope